I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. this video the other day that really blew my mind um i at first i thought it was fake and then uh did a little bit of digging and found out not at all i thought it was like cgi at first it was this crazy drone video are you guys familiar with the wadi al salam also known as the valley of peace have you ever heard of this are you serious? Do you think that we are familiar with that? Uh, I've been to a lot uh, of wadis you, you, in uh, the United Arab Emirates. You, you could Wadi be. You could be. Is it in Oman? Um, it is in Iraq. Um, uh. Here, Brian, play the video and I'll show you. This is the world's largest cemetery. Now, you can oh, wow. see the drone moving up. Okay. But just wait till it changes its angle to show you that like the vastness oh my god on the horizon this, this whole thing's a cemetery dude oh the world's largest cemetery look at that whoa. looks like a city that's incredible yeah that is app whoa oh my god yeah, yeah. that whole so folks, thing if you if you are not if you're just listening to this um go over to youtube you you really need to check this out we are looking at drone aerial drone footage of the oh Wadi Al Salam. Wait, wait. Does it just keep going back that way? Like, it- yeah, dude. It's so it's the it's an Islamic cemetery. It's wow. located in the Shia holy city of Najaf in Iraq. It is the largest cemetery in the entire world, and the cemetery covers six point one square kilometers, and contains get this. More than five million bodies have been buried Whoa. there. Whoa! Hey, Brad, I have a so, question for you. Yeah. Um. Uh, now, I you said you said it's an Islamic cemetery, and I, and we can see the aerial footage, but not like can't really see like detail, like the detail of um of like the buildings and whatnot. But this is something that I'm. Ass- Those I'm are assuming. tombs. Those are uh, sort catacombs yeah. and tombs. I'm Those assuming you're buildings. familiar with like what what is the like. Because Bri lived in in the Middle East for five years, what is the what is the Islamic burial situation? You know what I was gonna say. I don't think I ever saw a single cemetery in Dubai, and I don't I don't know what they do with the bodies. I don't. I have no idea. I I don't think I've ever seen a cemetery there. Because even though Dubai is uh, a very uh, is like very liberal on the spectrum of of uh, like Islamic um, cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that they're 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 also still very very 
uh, serious about yeah. religion. I can tell you that they they definitely don't do sky burials, um, <laughs> at least not as far as yeah. I, I know. Yeah, right. they, uh, but I though in Dubai in particular, I wouldn't put it past them because yeah. they're known for doing sort of like um, outrageously like like outrageous PR stunts to promote. Yeah, the I, I city, almost wouldn't so. put it by <laughs> Dubai to have like a uh, to have like a like a an indoor an indoor water park slash ski hill that like crisscrosses through a cemetery. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what I think? Actually, come to to think of it, I've never seen a cemetery in Dubai. Though I do know that uh, one year I was there for uh, New Year's Eve, and they strapped fireworks to the entire sides of the Burj Khalifa, um, the tallest building in the world, and uh, and the fireworks shoot out from the side of it. And I think that's how they cremate the bodies. I oh, think they're actually fueled by but what about, the dead people from the everybody who died in the previous year. But what about when, like, if you went to Sharjah or if you went to wh- whatever that coastal emirate was that we went to, oh, when you you have to go over the mountains, uh, Ras Al Khaimah. Yeah. Is yeah. It, do you ever see any there, or just or? I can't. I can't really remember seeing uh, though. Like they they don't have as many fireworks over there, right? Um, but yeah, I can't. I can't remember so, seeing any. So, Jer, were those all? Those are all tombs. Those are all, there, there's many, many catacombs. And uh, according to an undertaker at the cemetery, um, burial at this place, um, at the Valley of Peace, basically means being placed in one of those catacomb, cat, uh, cata, catacombs. And um, each crypt can hold up to 50 bodies. Oh, wow. So, so now, I wanted to show you that video because it was fucking astounding to look at, right? But there's another reason why I wanted to show you this. Can you bring the video up again, Bri? Yep. Um, so again, as we come up here, uh, you're getting you're getting like the visual representation of what a space would look like with five over five million bodies um buried at. I think Dubai sends and, their bodies here, to be honest. And if you if you now look at this that and just is just consider this. What you are looking at right now is this almost the same amount of bodies that um, have been taken from COVID-19. There's 5 million bodies in this cemetery, and COVID-19 has killed 4.55 million people around the world. And this is basically a visual representation of what that would look like if you put them all together. Dude, 5 million. You know what's... I think the craziest thing about that statement is, is, is... I, I I feel like it's been quite some time now since we've really focused on um on like the death toll of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been mm-hmm. really wrapped up in um in the vaccine and the, the politics of it. The different mm-hmm. waves and the politics of it and how it's, you know, I mean we've always been wrapped up in um we've always been wrapped up in how it's been affecting our daily lives and like lockdowns and restrictions and masks and vaccines and politics and all that shit. like that's been mm-hmm. since the beginning but like really I, I remember especially last winter when it was really bad there you know there was and fucking you know i've just grown so uh like just grown so so frustrated and 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 done with with like cnn for example which you know just had like a constant you know death toll ticker that just mm. seemed so. Yeah, fucking, they probably still do. That just <laughs> seemed like you know, just so capitalistic on the whole thing, and ugh, made me feel gross. But it, we were re- we were really thinking about the death toll a lot because it was um, it it, it was a, it was a central piece of the conversation 
especially right before the vaccine was available and mm-hmm. um, and the situation, especially in the U.S. But since since then, it seems like we've we've waned from from that from that data point for lack for a lack of a sense more sensitive way to put that. But when you think of like other pandemics or like world wars, like those, those death tolls, like those overall death tolls, they become, they become like really, really haunting figures of like, Mm -hmm. you know, this war took this many people or Mm. the Spanish flu took this many people. And that number 5 million, I mean, again, any death is fucking tragic, but when you think about 5 million people, I mean, that like it's bringing it's bringing covid it's bringing covid into another level of of like historical significance yeah Mm -hmm. and again just to just to correct you there tape 4.55 million is the the number that covid has taken five million is the number of bodies in the cemetery uh, within that cemetery but like the the interesting thing is when you like even making that correction to taylor like to me it's the same number 4.55 yeah Yeah, round up five million deaths but like that's the interesting thing is that like the reason why i think a lot of people stopped following the statistics is because frankly just got to a a a number that is sort of incomprehensible like you can't really i mean when over a million people die you're like over a million fucking people it doesn't matter if it's two million, three million, four million at that well, point. It's like that's why looking at that video is so fucking astounding. Yeah, and that's why totally. that's why that that thought of of seeing a uh, uh, at least a close visual representation of what that might look like is so fucking like that was the thing. So when I saw this video, yeah, I think the video popped up on Reddit, and one of the top comments was, "Whoa, this is about the same amount of people that have died from COVID." Wow. Like I was. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It totally changed the the way that I was looking at this this footage of this graveyard. Um it really does kind of uh it's sobering. And Very and much. and um you know, I, 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 it's it's kind of a bummer. Like I don't I didn't I didn't mean to I I promise everybody this. I started this week's Feel Give Friday with a bit of sobering and and a, a, a bummer piece, but Everything from here on out is feel good. Yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're working our way up. Anything yeah, yeah, yeah. would feel good after that. Yeah. 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 There was yeah. a there was a thing. Um, uh, it was probably a couple months ago now. Actually, you know what? It was probably in the spring uh, because I think it had something to do with like a graduation ceremony for a university, and um, and they organized. It was like a big troll by the uh, by the student association that organized it. They organized a speaker to come and address the graduating class. And they they engaged this, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was a it was like a prominent business mogul, I think, who was uh who was like a COVID naysayer, you know, who 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 was, yeah. you know, very like, you know, very against all of the things that we've scientifically proven are helpful right i know where you're going donald, this. donald trump it wasn't donald <laughs> was it, trump was it, was it, no no, no it it's so funny when you call somebody a business mogul it's like <laughs> like isn't that like a would, would you ever want to be referred to as a business mogul i referred to Den- dennis took photos of my bike race yesterday and in the and in my description of of uh, thanking him i called him a business mogul <laughs> um, so i hope i hope he takes that i hope, I hope he offended. i hope he i hope he likes that but it but basically slum lord what, what they did was they got they got this guy to come and speak and uh and then no one showed up and then they put up big signs or something that was like 
every, every, but they had all the seats and they basically said all these seats represent uh, X amount of people that have died from this disease that you basically don't think is oh, real. Wow. And, and so, it, you know, however many seats there were, there's wow. like hundreds and hundreds of seats. And, uh, and there was like a number on the seat and it was like, this seat represents, let's say 10 people or 20 or 50 people that have died from this disease wow. that you, that you don't think is real. That's so fucked. And imagine uh, they trolled him hard. Imagine being Good. that guy showing up and being like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I, no, man, I can tell you exactly what went through his mind. He went, I'm still getting paid. Yeah, you know what? That's still getting a paycheck. He was like, "I'm a business mogul, dude." Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that. He's I'm like, all about getting that bag. I already know hey. nobody. Nobody likes me. I'm a business um, mogul. It's in my LinkedIn right, bio. Uh, let, let's move on to some uh, feel-good content. Uh, this this is a story that just made my day. Um, uh, I want to speaking of people showing Saltwater. up at uh, are you gonna say speaking of people showing up at universities? Uh, are you talking about me tomorrow speaking at Wilfrid Laurier University? <laughs> no, is that what you're doing tomorrow? I thought you were talking about uh, the person I, who's going to university. Oh yeah, I got yeah, I am. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, that was a shameless plug that I'm in uh, I'm in Waterloo right now speaking at the university tomorrow. But that's not what I was going to talk about. What I'm going to talk about is Joanna Paul. Uh, this is Joanna Paul right here. And uh, her first day of school is actually tomorrow. The day of us recording this is tomorrow. Joanna Paul's face lights up when asked what she's most looking forward to about starting university in the fall. The answer, making new friends. The 29-year-old is the first student with Down syndrome to be enrolled at the Cape Breton University uh, through its inclusion program. And the first ILNU to go through the program, which was launched in the fall of 2019. She's also the first recipient of the Sharon Morrison Memorial Award of $500 established last year by the Cape Breton Down Syndrome Society and the Morrison family of Sydney River to support a student with Down Syndrome. You can see uh, Joanna here decked out in her CBU gear. And uh, <laughs> I guess is that is the CBU uh, mascot a moose? It looks like it might be. Must be, yeah. Um, Kim Long with the Cape Breton Down Syndrome Society said Paul, being the first member of the society to embark on a university education, is a role model for her peers, including Long's son, Owen, who is currently in high school. He spent a morning touring the campus with Paul and said he would like to attend the university too. Long said the program opens post-secondary education to people with disabilities that otherwise wouldn't have access to that type of experience. She was saying, quote, what typically happens for a lot of our members is they graduate from high school with their peers, but then there's a gap in time and opportunity, Long said. Why shouldn't someone with a disability have the same opportunity as their peers? It's not just the classroom, but that social experience. What it's like to be on campus, to get a coffee break, or to, to get a coffee between classes, those bonding experiences that happen during Frost Week, she said. The program got started after Lynn Levette, uh, an assistant professor at CBU in the education department, attended several international conferences and learned about programs at universities in the United States for students with Down syndrome. She said, quote, we brought the concept to the university and they were interested in developing a program. And we've been able to partner with the university in Nashville and also in Utah. And we're planning to, once COVID is over, do an exchange program so our students can go to Utah and their students can come to CBU. That's pretty mm. fun. That's oh. nice. Is Paul, it people um, with disabilities in, in Utah as well, like uh, Mormons that are going to yeah. be going to university? 
Did you just throw shade? Did you just throw full shade at Utah and and all Mormons? Guys, is that funny? Look, That's a pretty funny joke, right? We don't need to cut I, this, do we? <laughs> I think we're going to keep it so that all... Because I do know we have a lot of Mormons that do listen to the podcast and... Yeah, I have no problem with your Mormonism, and most certainly don't see it as a disability. Um, uh, oh wait, hold on. Was that went. was that the joke that yes. Mormonism I, is yeah. the, is a yeah. disability? Yeah, that was a joke, dude. I think that's more of a. I think that's more shade on people with disability than Mormons. I think it is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, that's why I felt bad. <laughs> that's why he immediately as soon as, it, as soon as it left his mouth, he was like, "I regret that." Yeah, sorry, people with disabilities. Okay, uh, so Paul, who uh, said she enjoyed Guys, attending high school, edgy. recently moved to member two from Sepikenakatik First Nation and is excited to meet new people and get to know the campus. She uses her iPad to stay in touch with her best friend back home in, uh, in her home community, who also has Down syndrome, and she's planning to take him on a virtual toy, a tour of CBU in her first days there as a student. That's so sweet. Um, it's very sweet. Uh, like the, the thing that the thing that sticks yeah, out right? to me like, with this is 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 one of those things where you go, whoa. Why? I mean, I know you said that this has been something that's they've been doing in the U.S. in in some places, but like mm-hmm. when you think, man, you know, we have we have things set up and in place that make education accessible for people with disabilities, people with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, from from starting school up till high school. Why isn't there something that makes education at the university mm-hmm. level accessible? You know, what, why, yeah, why, and why didn't, why is, hasn't that jump taken place already? I actually, yeah, was, and when, I, I was going to say when we first, um, when you first shared this article, um, I was actually surprised that this is the first time. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, I thought programs like that existed already. Well, sort of my so, na- so I, 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 this is the first time at Cape Breton University. I don't think that this is the first time in Canada that a, that a student with Down syndrome was oh, accepted okay. to a university. Um, uh, now, I'm saying that without any research whatsoever, but I know that this is the, specifically they mentioned this is the first time for CBU. And, and to be honest with you, I would be very shocked if, Cape Breton University was the first university to do this. Um, mm-hmm. But if that is the case... Well, it's probably the first time in Cape Breton because there's there's not a lot of Mormons in Cape Breton, so there hasn't been a need for it. Hey, everybody. Well, there's that's just one called. university. That's called there too, doubling so. down. <laughs> so there's that. I, I, I've done some quick Googling, and it looks like there are some universities... It, that do offer programs for people with down syndrome, but it looks like it's a like more rare in a university to university mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's good that more universities are starting to do. Jerry, are you okay? <laughs> you want to start this recording over? <laughs> Jerry, Jer, Jer, dude, Jerry is literally the color of uh, of the balloons in in ninety nine ninety nine nuclear balloon. Should we start over, sorry. guys? <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Lauren, cut you off there. He's back. He didn't really. Jump. Yeah, you having a so moment. anyway, I'm I'm very excited for Joanna, um, uh, and I think she's gonna have a really great time at Cape Breton University. Um, I've never been to to CBU, but um, but it looks like it's a very sweet place. There was other photos in that uh, article that I, I didn't include, but there were some photos of the campus, and it looks very beautiful. 
Yeah, I mean Sydney oh, is. God. I think Sydney is ranked as one of uh, uh, in the top three most beautiful cities in Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they've got a very big fiddle too. <laughs> they do have a very big oh. fiddle. There's a lot going for <laughs> Sydney, Nova Scotia. Yeah. Who doesn't love Sydney, Nova Scotia? I love Sydney. Yeah, you know what? Um, moving right along. Speaking of schools, <laughs> um, we're off to a rough start today, you guys. Last week, I believe it was last week, we we featured a video of a, 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 a young whippersnapper who really nailed it at a um, at a. Uh, uh, school. What what do you call those kinds of meetings? It was like a school board meeting, town, I guess, like a town hall. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, specifically, it was a school district board meeting um, with all those fake names. Well, there was there was another gentleman. Oh right, who uh, who stepped up to the plate uh, this time in Texas to uh, not so much prank, but uh, in a very fun way. Um, show his disdain towards the the politics that are coming uh, along with this whole mask debate for students. Um, let's uh, throw to the video right now. I'm here to say that I do not like government or any other entity, just ask my wife, telling me what to do. <laughs> but sometimes I got to push the envelope a little bit, and I just decided that I'm going to not just talk about it, but I'm going to walk the walk. Uh, at work, they make me wear this jacket. I hate it. They make me wear this shirt and tie. I hate it. On the way over here, I ran three stop signs and four red lights. I almost killed somebody out there. But by God, it's my roads too. So I have every right to drive as fast as I want to, make the turns that I want to. I got over here to the school today and the parking lot's full and I decided I was gonna park wherever the hell I want to which in this case happened to be a uh, handicap. But I really hate my clothes. So... <laughs> what is happening? Tell you're missing I love that point. Taylor can't tell that <laughs> this guy is making a point. It's Taylor's simple like, protocol, what? Taylor's getting naked? This guy's fucked. He actually he really fucked. He ran those stop signs for real? We, uh, we follow certain <laughs> rules for a very good reason. Mr. Akers, I understand, I believe you're a swimmer, but if you would mind putting your pants back on for a comment, that would be appreciated. Wait, so so uh, for t- since Taylor doesn't get it, uh, James Akers, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get it. How do you I not love get that, that Taylor doesn't get it. Wait, what? Yeah, what was the? Actually, no. You know what, Tay? Why don't you tell us what you think you just? Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> let us know. Let us let us get your take on it Dude, before I explain it. I honestly, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What do you think that guy how was about, doing? How about you? Or how about this, Tay? Tay, do this. Explain to our listeners who who don't seem to um, give a shit about watching this on YouTube. Um, that, like, explain. Ex- 
explain to them um, what what we just watched, okay? And then and then try to give your take on what you think you just saw. I I honestly I watched that and and I, I at first I at first I just thought that this was a man who 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 was so vehement uh, vehemently against mask wearing that he's. That he he's he's like I'll do whatever the fuck I want. I, I honestly I don't know what the fuck I was watching. Yeah, right, Explain right. it to me. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, you know what? I guess um, I guess you just don't get it. And uh, I'll, I'll maybe tell you there was, was other people on. in the audience that that night that just did did don't get it. Uh, but uh, James Akers stripped out of his suit and down to his underwear during a, a <laughs> Dripping Springs. That that is an actual str- place name. Dripping Springs. I thought they dripping should Springs call it Stripping Springs now. Stripping <laughs> Springs. Uh, independent school district board meeting on Monday in a creative attempt to argue for mandatory masking at his child's high school. Masks are currently recommended across the board, but Acres is among the parents who want them to be mandatory. Now, here's what happened, Tay. He began <laughs> okay. to strip down I, in I front will, of the gathered I, parents I and school officials removing one article of clothing after another while arguing his point. Akers put his clothes back on and left without incident, according to reports. But basically, he was going, it is as as absurd as it is for me to stand here and take my clothes off because it's, a, it's against my freedoms to have to bundle this whole thing up. It's just as ridiculous for people to say that we shouldn't be giving our kids masks mm-hmm. because okay, I'll tell it's, you- a, it's a common decency for the... For, for, humans and for our kids and for the schools to just put masks on our yeah, kids. when he's talking yeah. about we speeding don't, we through don't the accept red lights. the fact that I get we it don't now. accept the yes. fact that people can just drive through red lights and stop yeah. signs and we have to right. wear clothes. Okay, he was, I'll tell you he was where, basically making his point that way. I'll tell you where the confu- the confusion came from. Yeah, please, the, it was yeah. started it's you started the segment by saying that he was arguing mask mandates implying that there is a mask mandate. So well, so when he, so he was he was arguing, but he was arguing from a from a stance of being for. facetious to make his point. Yeah, right. So the so so the so if you had said lack of mask, oh mandates, Jared, it's your that yeah. would have been different. It's you my have said fault. It you didn't better. get it. I know Taylor. <laughs> it's it's okay. totally your fault. I actually understand everything 100%. as long as it's explained to me correctly with good <laughs> clear yeah. language. I think I have me, no short, I have zero shortcomings. <laughs> it was. It was really. It, it was really just by chance that Lauren and Brian got it, yeah. and uh, you didn't. I don't know how the uh, th- th- those odds were. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's like rare disease odds. Right it there. it yeah, was a bit right. of a riddle, Jared. To be honest, mm-hmm. like Lauren and I were definitely doing a bit of work Strat- to figure it out. But you know, we're both bright and intelligent people, so we, um, yeah. with a bit of effort, we figured it out. I just love I get, that get, that man will never again be allowed in a school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Stripping down at a school meeting—that's a. That's a ballsy move. No pun intended. It is a ballsy <laughs> move. Uh, he later complained about the politicization of masks in an interview with a local broadcaster saying, quote, there are too many voices out there that I think are digging in for political reasons and absolutely just not thinking about the common sense decisions we make every day to comply with everything from driving down the road and being safe and courteous to other drivers who are not parked in handicapped spots, Aker said. Mm. Quote, all these rules that were given Every day we follow because they make sense. The episode is one of several contentious incidents that have played out uh, at school board meetings in different parts of the United States this summer. 
as parents have argued for and against the scientific evidence that would keep their kids safe. Last week, for example, an angry crowd of anti-mask parents threatened others outside the board meeting in Tennessee after the board voted to revive its mandatory mask policy. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC, currently recommended universal masking in schools for all adults and children involved, regardless of their vaccination status. Quote, children should return to full-time in-person learning in the fall with layered prevention strategies in place, the CDC says in its latest guidance document. Um, and they went on to say Acres' Acres's child could not be reached for comment about their dad's <laughs> <laughs> stunt. Maybe Wait, that's that, an embarrassed child for sure. Yeah, how yeah. old was his child though too? Like imagine it was a six-year-old. <laughs> they were trying to reach yeah, it for yeah, comment. Trying to- <laughs> what do you think about daddy? What do you think about daddy taking off all his clothes at the meeting? Daddy took his clothes uh, off. You know, you know, Lauren, the- <laughs> Lauren, you went to, t- you, you, you're a Texas gal and, uh, and mm. your, uh, your dad's down there. What would you have done if you were in high school and your dad came in and stripped at the school board meeting? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would be torn because that guy has some, he has some Wayne energy to him. Yeah. Like my, yeah. he's got yeah. some Wayne energy to and, him. And my, you know, after spending, yeah. after spending an afternoon with Wayne, yeah. I wouldn't put that past Wayne for a second. No, <laughs> I could see Wayne getting up there and, and going, doing the full Monty. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Wayne's got a bit of a wild streak, but I feel like also at the same time, I might just like leave the country, <laughs> yeah. which is eventually what I did. What did your dad do to make you come here? <laughs> that. Uh, he got naked at a Walgreens. <laughs> and then I had to leave. You know, the, 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 uh, the point that he makes there, now that I understand it, uh, now that I get it, uh, the, the, the point about the red light, it, that was something that, that was something that, uh, our boy Arnie, uh, said in his video. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it was in the, in, in the clip that we used, but it was, it was one of the, the things that he said. And it was, you know, when, you know, when people explain stuff to you and then they use like an analogy or metaphor that really like clicks for you and you go like, Oh, I understand this on a way, in a way better way or on a, on a different level now yeah. because of like the way that it was framed that, that thing about um that thing about the red light it's like um and it really framed the conversation that we had about vaccine passports and all that stuff and 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 you know whether you should get the vaccine or not and and, um that idea that hey we have this rule we have this we have this rule here and yes you very much do have the freedom to just run the red light Mm -hmm. you can do that you're you have agency you can go run that red light sort of yeah but if you do and someone either sees you doing it who's got a badge or you hurt somebody then the consequences you are fully responsible for mm-hmm. for the consequences mm-hmm. that that come from have that. you guys have you guys ever run a red light <clears throat> like like intentionally because i know i've actually run a couple of red lights where I, like i've just been driving along and like i'm kind of zoning out and i just all of a sudden realize i've just driven no. straight through a red no. light i run like it, i run red lights oh. i think i've done that once i run red lights intentionally uh between the hours of Three and four forty-five a.m. Yeah, if it's like four in the afternoon and there's nobody around, and you're in like, afternoon? Hey, "Hold on, hold on, Tay, <laughs> hold on." But you you come to a slow stop and you look. Before oh yeah, you yeah, do, yeah, right? yeah. Because I look yeah. around and I go, "The purpose of this light is to stop me from hurting somebody coming in another direction." 
It's really early in the morning. I can tell that there's probably eight other cars in Halifax that are on the road and none of them are near me. So I'm going through. And ladies life. and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, you may remember not just not long ago, Taylor did get hit by a car. So anyway, uh, moving along. Uh, and it was not my fault. <laughs> See, it never is. Never is. Um, I have no shortcomings. Speaking of wild shit in cars, this next story is the like, like, chef's kiss of feel good friday content this is coming from vice and uh just a heads up uh, before i get into this i it really looks like there's a tornado about to fucking drop out my window here oh sweet um, and uh so if I'd i just actually, cut out i'm actually not even fucking joking the sky is looking fucked here in waterloo that it would is, be a high quality youtube content if you yeah. could record that turn the camera are you a storm Dude, chaser fuck yeah yeah I was driving might the be, other day. Might be today. Guys, I was thinking we should get into storm chasing. Yeah. Because I would do it. How exciting <laughs> is that? Fuck. Well, remember when we talked to um George Karunas? George Karunas. Guys. Yeah. That those have you watched those YouTube videos of, of storm chasers? They're a, they're a special breed. Very like, much so. They really but are. What what makes them special? What like what do you mean when you say special breed? They're like, all well, first of all, they're all Mormon. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, that's a, that speaks okay. All right, hold on. I'm, not, I'm not fucking. I'm not. I'm not dragging myself it through the mud with you, Brian. You already Let's get the did. Fuck out of here. You already did. Uh, but wait, wait, no, no, no. I want to know. Hey, listen, I'm. I'm not done on this storm chasing thing. I want to stay here <laughs> for a minute because I'm curious. Dude, about storm okay. Chasing. You want to know what? You want to know? Okay, listen to all this because I know we have a lot of storm chasers that listen to the podcast. So to, to you guys, I don't mean any offense. But they are all crazy slack jawed yokels that are just <laughs> bananas. And you can you when you hear them talk, you can you can literally hear you can hear the weight of the dip that is filling both their upper and bottom lips. <laughs> it is wild. And they're always sweating. Like you, and that's the other thing. You don't ever see them, yeah. but you can hear them sweat. They're chasing they're sweating, tornadoes. Sweating. And I don't mean sweating from the excitement. I just mean sweating from existence. They're just um, sweaty. <laughs> but uh, okay, but but you guys have seen the movie Twisted. I just I just I just mentioned nicotine. Just I, give me a second. I gotta get my nicotine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as if yeah, as if Jer, as if Jer just threw shade at people with dip in their lip, and I was like, dude, Jer, that's you, dog. <laughs> that's you, dog. Yeah, guys, what about the movie Twister? Like, does that not does that not make you want to chase storms? I haven't seen. I've Dude, never seen Twister. You've never seen Twister. The guy, a guy gets a fucking man mandrain cover, manhole through cover, his yeah. skull. A manhole cover through his skull. No, I don't want to chase storms. Yeah, but I'm he looking didn't, outside right now, and it looks like there's a storm about to chase me. And I don't I'm think he was an get athlete. The fuck out of here! You know I don't what, think guys? he had his head I will on a admit, swivel. I will admit. I do like when storms come to me. Yeah, <laughs> I like when storms chase me, and right. they're happening outside, and they're. Just, they're bad enough to really grind the city to a halt, but the power doesn't go out, so I can still play video games. Uh, well, I'm just going to put this out there. For any uh, like storm-chasing podcasts or YouTube channels, if you're looking for a, a co-host, like this illness thing has been good. 
Um, but, uh, yeah. but I'm curious Brian's in the storm chasing super lane. Qualified. It's because there aren't storms here Just that as truly. as I am to talk about illness. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, it's because there aren't storms here in Nova Scotia that truly, well, I guess like the hurricanes, yeah, but I, I don't know. There's something about like tornadoes and like thunderstorms. Like back home, like our yeah. doors would shake in the hinges when yeah. like yeah. the thunder. Hurricane Juan killed one person. Brian, I feel like you would really fit in, like not just from the storm chasing front, but like really just from like a whole like uh, the whole quality of your personality would fit re- fit in really well in the southeast U.S. Can you guys <laughs> yeah. can you guys answer me you this? Know, like you know Alabama, <laughs> Mississippi, Florida, especially like Florida, yeah. Florida. That's your tribe, dude. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Can you can, can you answer me this? <laughs> Go Jags! <laughs> I got a question. Who the fuck is still listening to this episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Who? Nobody. Who? We lost the storm chasers. All the Mormons have left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like ninety-eight percent of our fucking listenership. <laughs> now we're, now we're about to- Jared's been making fun of French speakers for the past I was three say, weeks, straight. and we only had two of them anyway. So, and all like, the streakers yeah. are like, "Well, fuck this yeah, show the, now." This is just the nudist. Don't guys, like us listen. Anymore. Hey, you can't hit home runs with every episode. This one's just one of those subpar episodes. This episode yeah. is a bunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This episode's a uh, yeah. This ep- uh, I don't know baseball, but um, so uh, this uh, this story. Uh, this is coming from Vice. I love this fucking headline. Man tosses his penis out of a car window during car chase with police. Here we go. Uh, yeah. How much more now, could there be now, to this you, story other than that headline? If, if, <laughs> that's it. That's it. We're moving on to the next piece. Here we go. So uh, next piece here. Man uses. Actually, let me just let me just preface with this. The next three stories. Really should have been parsed out over the the next three weeks because all of them are batshit crazy and so good for this show. So this guy tosses his dick out of car window during a police chase. That's story one. Okay, next is story one. A Tennessee man. We're gonna and well, you know what? We'll just rapid fire these. So so because I know listeners. You're fucking tired of this week, this week's episode. Let's just get you on to your next podcast, all right? Uh, a Tennessee man allegedly flung his own severed penis out of a car window during a police chase last week and said voices on the radio told him to do it in order to save the world. Now, this is I have to say this as a preface. This is very sad. This is, I mean, this yeah. is there's not it's it's not funny that this happened, but the head you gotta say you gotta admit the headline is pretty yeah. fucking I mean if you compartmentalize it into it's little bits, it is funny. But then yeah, if you but, look but, at it as a yeah. whole, it's very not funny. When you really look at what this podcast is about, it's not funny that this man is uh, obviously in need of uh, medical help. Guys, um, we, we've been trying to explain for six years <laughs> that it's not funny to be sick. That's right. There are funny experiences that come with being sick, and it's only really funny when you go back and tell those stories. So it's okay to laugh right. at this story, but we know yeah. that the and let's, know, psychotic let's episode cro- this person had is not funny. Let's cross our fingers that Tyson Gilbert will laugh at this when he is okay in a couple of years. Okay. Uh, might be hard to do. He cut his penis off. He's 39. He had parked his car partially blocking the highway when police first approached him in Dowelltown. After the cops hit their lights to pull him over, he took off. The chase involved multiple police departments and two branches of the Tennessee Highway Patrol. So this was a, this was a fucking legit chase like something off of you know cops um at some point during the chase he ditched his own dick out the window of his honda accord like a banana on a mario kart track okay so whoever was writing this was was definitely going all in on it they were looking for the last 
Like, can you just please read that again? Just read that last bit again. At some point during the chase, he dished his own dick out the window of his Honda Accord like a banana on a Mario Kart track. Is that not um, like they, he yeah, just, hey. that, that the author just knows the audience. They just know, hey, I'm talking to I'm talking to, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, Gen Wires. And uh, and I know that they've all played Mario Kart. They know what it's mm-hmm. like to slip on the banana. And I'm likening his dick to a banana <laughs> in this beloved game. He I mean, ditched this was his from own vice, game. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so. this is a Vice article. Yes, uh, Gilbert. This is a quote. Gilbert opened the door of his to his vehicle, where the trooper observed Gilbert was bleeding from an alleged self-inflicted wound. Gilbert shut the vehicle's door and sped away, according to Tennessee Highway Patrol uh, pre- preliminary report. When I pulled up behind him and turned my lights on, he took off and refused to stop. He was all over the road the whole time. Bobby Johnson of the Tennessee Highway Patrol told <laughs> Tennessee News he turned off. He turned off on Old Liberty Road. And came to a stop. He opened his door. He was naked and covered in blood. Then he shut his door and kept driving. The THP spokesperson told Motherboard that they couldn't confirm the state of the man's penis or whether anyone found it on the road and took it to the hospital for him because of HIPPAA privacy laws. Although, I'm willing to bet that there's a good chance that they did. Uh, Police deployed two sets of tire spikes to try to stop him, but he drove through both and kept going, eventually running on just rims. The total chase lasts for nearly 30 miles until police box Gilbert in. He asked for medical attention and was taken to a nearby hospital for treatment. Let's hope that he is getting the attention that he needs. That is a fucking wild story. I have to say, I don't and, believe uh, I don't believe his story that he whose story that uh, Gilbert because he said he cut off his own dick because a voice on the radio told him that it would save the world. Like it could have. I you, mean, he could. What other rationale? Why wouldn't you believe could you have? For because if your dick you off? thought that cutting off your dick was going to save the world, then why would you try to run from the cops for so long? You'd be well, like, uh, you're applying I mean, rationality to a situation that has zero. I'm just saying exactly. There's like, why? no rationality in. Bry, you are Bry. I just got to say, you are taking all the very controversial stances on this week's episode. And I can't (laughs) wait to read the emails of hatred that come towards you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Most of the time we just get emails. And I know what those emails are going to say. Paranoid schizophrenia, uh, you know, it causes people to be paranoid and hear things that aren't real. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Brian, we might have to find a, a Lauren, what are you up to, uh, over the next like few years? (laughs) <laughs> you want to re- you my wanna time re- has come you want to replace you've, <laughs> yeah, been, yeah. you've been waiting in the wings <laughs> let's move let's move on to something that uh sounds like it would be a, a cause of something like a, a mental health issue but really i don't think it is and uh this is man wow wow guys we are real <laughs> we're, we're, we're this episode's fucked uh this is actually from one of our patrons whitney thank you whitney for sending this to us Uh, Here's the title of this article. Man uses live eel to cure constipation, nearly dies. All right, here we go. Uh, (laughs) Fake news. Take this story as a lesson of what not to do under any circumstance ever. A man in China has been hospitalized after using a live eel, which he inserted up his anus into his rectum to cure his case of constipation. Wait, hold on. Did he move from Florida to China? uh, No, this is just just a... And now I, I don't know Xinhua, but uh, oh. this is the Chinese city of Xinhua, and maybe Xinhua is the Florida of China. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> according according to Global Times, the unnamed man located in the Chinese city of Xinhua put the twenty centimeter, that's seven point eight seven inches, eel into his anus, 
mm. as recommended by a purported folk remedy. The eel, however, had plans other than relieving the man's uncomfortable medical condition. Upon reaching his rectum, the eel headed towards his colon and bit it, entering the abdomen, oh my reported God. the Chinese news outlet. Remarkably, this is not the first instance of eels being used in this particular way, suggesting well, the purported yeah, well, remedy was, is somewhat well known. It was written in that book, so obviously there's other people who have read Dude, that book how, and were like, okay, we should how, try this. How many times does this have to happen before somebody goes, before, that before the person that is recommending this goes to jail? This just don't work. <laughs> well, there is a certain work. logic to it because I, I get it. So eel's yeah, just going to yeah, come eel gobble like, up the poo. Right. That's yeah. kind of cute. Put an eel up there. It does make sense when you put it that way. Do you think the problem well, was that they did it for too long? He's just going to eat the poo. He's <laughs> just going to eat the no, poo. Like, uh, like, you know, like too much of anything is bad for you. Like if you drink too many waters, <laughs> too, much, too much water, you can die. Like the eel would have been fine. It's just he left it. You know what? Yeah, the eel was too big. That was the problem. You know what, Brian? I actually, I think the problem was he let go of the eel. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? It's like if you had just put half the eel up there and held it, maybe, maybe, maybe that, maybe that does work. Let's put that out into the world. I follow the rule of thumb that any, I'll put a lot of things up your butt. I'll put a lot of things up my ass. A lot. Like, at once, scary or just, or just like can you, a lot of different. Sometimes things. at once, sometimes always, can, always a lot of different things. Sometimes at once, but yeah. I go. But I have a cardinal rule with things that I'll put in my ass. If it's got teeth, I don't put it in. I thought you were gonna that, say when you said it's a rule of thumb. I thought it was just gonna be nothing bigger than your thumb. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, it's a uh, sorry. By that logic, rule of forearm. Oh, hot. <laughs> Rule of forearm. Um, if it's got teeth. I don't think there's anything wrong with Taylor, I, now, Taylor I, I'm curious about this because uh, last time I checked, gerbils do have teeth. <laughs> so do you want to explain that one for yeah, me? I go through a, I threw, I go, well, okay, this is. Took a while to get dude, there. Animal rights uh, people are really going to have a tough time with this one. But um, I <laughs> go through, those listeners. I go through a very, very tedious uh, DT, DT thing process. With all the dribbles oh that I use. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I have these, I, they're actually the cutest little pliers. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. So Jesus. I just do them one by one. And, uh, and they then squeal. Once, uh, it seems like a pleasurable sort of squeal that they have. And yeah. then, and then they and do, then they do have a cute squeal. They do have a cute squeal. And then once they're all, once the teeth are gone, then the problem, the problem is removed. So that's, I mean, I'll, this guy, oh I mean, he should have just I mean, sent me an email. I would have, I would have. Get, you know, to be fair, the Amazon link for the tiny little pliers. I don't think uh, animal rights activists will have a problem with that because um, gerbils like burrowing in tiny holes anyway. So, like, yeah. as far as we know, that's a pleasurable experience for them too. Yes. Yeah. To- exactly. Right. No, yeah. I, was, I was more so talking yeah. about the about the, the plucking th- of the teeth. Yeah. 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 Let me that, uh, let me get through this fucking article so we can move on. <laughs> uh, in 2017, one man tried the folk remedy as per his friend's recommendation according to Men's Health. In that case, the 49-year-old man was rushed to the hospital where the doctors performed an emergency surgery to remove the eel. When they asked him how the eel had gotten into his system, (laughs) he told them it swam up by itself before before eventually confessing that he had actually put it up in there himself. 
<clears throat> Men's Health added that there is zero scientific evidence to back up that an eel will do anything for your digestive system. Shocking. Except wreak total havoc. Are we sure that this In- wasn't advice that he got from a naturopath? Uh, wow, Jesus. There we go. There, there's, there goes our naturopathic listeners. Uh, in 2020, Fox News reported a similar incident. In that case, the eel uh, tore the man's intestines, causing a serious infection, said Deputy Head of General Surgery at the hospital that treated him, Dr. Sun Huijan. Quote, uh, we opened him up and noticed a large amount of Fecal water mixed with blood. Owie. Quote, there was severe swelling. We found two very thick swamp eels at the bottom of his uh, abdominal cavity. Two. Two of them. What, did it have a a baby? Uh, I think he just shoved two of them up there. As a result of the incident, the man required repairs to a a (sighs) two-centimeter hole in his colon in addition to the ones in his intestines. So the most recent incident, the one that we were talking about first in Xinhua, um, appears quite similar to those that came before it. The man reportedly experienced abdominal pain for about a day, but was, quote, too shy to see the doctor. Shy. Uh, eventually, <laughs> he headed to the hospital and had the slithering sea creature removed, and it was just in the nick of time. The doctor who performed the surgery said he could have lost his life as the bacteria in the large intestine may have caused hemolysis, which when it reaches the abdominal cavity according to Global Times. Now, the wildest thing was the eel was reportedly still alive at the time of removal. Whoa. Do you think that he had two in there? Because, um, <clears throat> you know, if you like, uh, you know, if you take, if you, you know, you eat like a weed cookie or something and you wait. Yeah. And it's like yeah. 45 minutes goes by or something. And you're like, I don't know if I feel it. I should have another. Yeah. You just shoved one up his ass and then was like, well, I don't. I'm not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've I'm not sure if I've had enough. I think I think he did. Do you think that when you survived that experience that you're like, ah, yeah, like the excitement of it was kind of worth maybe doing it again? Like it could birth a fetish. Yeah. That was mm. previously unearthed. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it, what that is the fetish. And that's why they do it in the first place. Could be. Yeah. Let's hope not. Um, That could have been what the health, but uh, it wasn't. Whoa. And here is this week's. What the hell? <laughs> okay, subdued, oh, very subdued. Was, yeah, uh, I'm, 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 con- I'm conscientious to the fact that I'm in a hotel room and I'm, I'm realizing that I'm sure many people have now heard me ha- all the way through this episode and just thinking, who the fuck is next to us? Mm. Um, this <laughs> is from the the Sun. Oh my god, guys, this is just bananas. And in line with the last two articles, uh, a man 25 dies after, quote, using glue to seal up his penis shut instead of using a condom. Oh, no. In a drug-fueled romp with his girlfriend. Whoa. Whoa. A man died. Yeah, died after using super strong glue to seal off his penis. Man, Uh, I can't believe that you could die. (laughs) Yeah, 25-year-old man reportedly applied uh, epoxy adhesive to his manhood as a substitute for protection to stop his fiance from getting pregnant before having sex at a hotel in India. Uh, The couple, both reportedly addicted to drugs, checked into the hospital, uh, into the hotel, rather, in the Juhapura neighborhood of Amendabab in June. Before 
the man was found outside unconscious the following day, uh, said police. After taking drugs, they decided to use strong glue to, quote, seal off his private parts during intercourse to avoid pregnancy, according to a senior uh, city police officer who said the pair also mixed whitener with the epoxy to inhale it for a kick. Several uh, witnesses said that the man, along with his former fiance, both of whom were addicted to drugs, have gone to a, had gone to a hotel. Um, since they did not have any protection, they decided to apply the adhesive on his private parts to ensure that she did not get pregnant. Oh my! They God. the next day, the man was found unconscious in shrubs near an apartment complex by his acquaintance, who took him home. But the condition deteriorated, and he was rushed to a hospital where he died from multiple organ failure. Whoa! Did he? Did he? What? Reportedly did he, caused by the adhesive. Did he come so hard that back shot, back shot, and <laughs> blew up his <clears throat> organs inside? So, so I don't know, and and they don't say that here. But most likely, they don't really. They don't really go it's into logical. Um, exactly like why he died other than saying that that's what they that this is what they think it was so i was kind of like man is that even possible but then in this same article this is fucking wild um experts have previously warned men against sealing their penises shut after after this alarming product touted as a quote more convenient and less intrusive way to cover up your cover yourself up hit shelves the product is called Jif Tip. No. Uh, it raised concerns among health specialists who warned that there's no evidence that a penis sticker is safe or effective in preventing pregnancy. Now, this is what? wild. Apparently, people... There's this argument out there that, that you know, people <laughs> that don't like condoms because, they're, because of the lack of feeling or whatever, this company makes this thing called Jif Tip. And here's a video of how it's, this is from the GIF tip website of how to apply the GIF tip to the head of your penis um, oh as God. a form of, of contraceptive preventing pregnancy. Okay. No, I cannot believe oh. that this is real. Dinky ass music. They, is, I know. Is this I know. Is this a alcohol swab? This looks like an Alibaba product video. <laughs> it really does, eh? So, yeah, you, you alcohol no. swab it first and then you take this fucking sticker. No wow, way. yeah, condoms really kill the mood. So, let's like alcohol swab the tip of your dick and then put a <laughs> oh, fucking sticker, <laughs> sticker on it. That's not real. That, can, that can't work. This is a real product. You can go, I, I, I mean, Go, go to the website just to see it. I feel like one or two solid pumps and that's coming out. It has off. a sperm yeah. pocket. Dude, whose who's, who's fucking sperm is fitting in there? Yeah. I <laughs> wish you happy. No one who's actually fucked thinks that that works. You know? Like, Nobody. Well, uh, unfortunately, Lauren, ins- there is a, there are by people that, that do, that are using this and, and are yeah. buying it. And I think that, you know, this is a good opportunity for us to just, um, to just, you know, just use condoms, just yeah. use condoms, you know, like they, they are, they are proven to work. They aren't that bad. Like it's not, it, it does it doesn't ruin, doesn't ruin the mood, doesn't ruin sensation, doesn't ruin feeling. Also, Christ almighty. Also condoms aren't just exclusively 
for from stopping people from getting pregnant. Well, that's the that's the yeah. other thing that <laughs> yeah. this, this 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 they do say on the website that this is not meant to um, prevent um, uh, sexually transmitted diseases. They that what they say on the website, the way that they try to spin this is that it is made for um, better oral sex in in the sense that um, they, they have a whole thing on the website that basically says come taste bad no matter what your diet is. You can't make your tum- cum taste good. And who wants a mouthful of cum? So put this sticker on your penis to make uh, oral sex better. But like, Blast obviously... Away. You don't give a shit if people are using this for that reason, which is also a dumb fucking reason. It's like, who is it impossible to to receive and give a blowjob without covering someone's <laughs> the back of someone's throat with a cum? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, like, what the fuck is the fucking argument? Here? Like, Wait, so it is, <laughs> dude. I mean, the amount of lawsuits that is that are coming this company's way. I mean, we nice we choice need, of words. Uh, yeah, nice. it's, I mean, it's coming and it's coming hard. Uh, it's coming so hard that you're not going to be able to spit it back up. Hopefully they've uh, innovated their GIF tip to protect them from uh, lawsuits as well. Because there yeah, are a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think so. That's going to be that's they're going to be litigated as fuck. <laughs> so anyway, folks, uh, don't glue your penis shut because the backfire could kill you, maybe. And uh, also, don't <laughs> buy stickers to put the, on your... Pe- buy stickers nope. to put on your nope. fridge. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. that the cum pocket on those stickers is not really big enough no. to uh, receive a load anyway. So Dude, like, And what is that going to feel like it would when receive it shoots... My load. When it shoots... <laughs> what about, what, what, about, need, what does it feel pocket. like when it shoots back into the, your, your penis trench <laughs> that's gotta yeah that's gotta hurt it's gotta trench. be it's i was like i was trying to figure out like your what, hole what is it no but what's like it's like the line yeah you know like whatever the you know the plumbing <laughs> it's gonna shoot back in that's not gonna yeah. feel good yeah no definitely not Do, have you ever peed and then stopped peeing you know the feeling that yeah, you get burns. when you stop peeing and it burns yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna really it's gonna really turn now imagine that mixed show. with epoxy and cum oh my god stop yeah. it Jerry. ouch <laughs> Hey, you know what feels really good on this Feel Good Friday? Um, the fact that this episode has come to an end. <laughs> Folks, we are so sorry. And, uh, and, but you know what? We are, we are happy that you're here. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, eh, leave a rating. I mean, leave a five-star rating, but leave a horrible review of what your thoughts are and how much yeah. you hate Brian. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow <laughs> button. And uh, all the folks over on the CBC Listen app, cool. Thanks. <laughs> and uh you know if you've uh i we would love what we really would like to hear from our audience this week <clears throat> uh by sending a letter to letters at sickboypodcast.com uh or slippity slide into those dms is um you know what kind of things that you've what kind of what kind of crazy things have you covered your your dick with <laughs> uh in order to uh in order to not get pregnant um uh, but condoms are the only thing you're not allowed to you're not allowed to write us about. It has to be something else. It has to be something creative. Um, <laughs> so that's letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the guest form. Uh, but I know that we've got a letter answering a very important question that we posed on the mm-hmm. show last week. Take mm-hmm. it away, love. So uh, we had a couple of questions for people that are smarter than us, which is a lot of them. <laughs> Pretty much 
everyone. everyone. So um, regarding our uh, question about whether or not it's mandatory for nurses to get flu shots, the answer is uh, not, no, not really in Canada. Felicity wrote in uh, and she said, I'm a nursing student in Edmonton and listen to your most recent Feel Good Friday. While my answer might differ as I'm a university student, I can answer your question that my nursing faculty only recommends us students get the yearly flu shot, i.e. it's not mandatory. And I did some mm. research and um, that, that looks to be the case. Um, but as one of the articles I read notes, COVID and the flu are very different. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah. And then... Um, so this next email came to us with the subject line. I know how the throat knows. <laughs> In all and caps. also, I should say, uh, this is just one of maybe 100 emails and DMs that came in via our email, via my personal Instagram account, uh, via Sick Boy's Instagram account. There were many people who really wanted to step in and let us know how the throat knows. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just touch a nerve. right so uh kristen wrote in huge turn me on fan an occasional sick boy listener and i know how the throat knows the short answer is the epiglottis it's a little flap right below the oral cavity and when it's working properly it inverts to direct food drink and saliva down the esophagus and covers the entrance to the trachea and Mm. to your point tay about how much you love analogies that really like flip a switch for you Mm -hmm. Um, kind of like how train tracks can switch to redirect a train, uh, which yes. is a super good analogy. Ah, that's mm. great. Yeah. Swallowing in general is a huge field of study. People can spend an entire career specializing mm. in research or clinical practice specifically in that area. Yeah, GIF tip should, uh, should, should read some of those <laughs> I can recommend some podcast guests who are experts if you're interested. The, following, uh, the swallowing mechanism is a whole cascade of physiological events that happen with precision. And there's a lot of normal variance in the speed and even the sequence of all those events between individuals. As a speech language pathologist, I assess swallowing function for people who may have had um, discomfort during or after a swallow, as well as Mm. people who have had traumatic brain injuries, Parkinson's, dementia, cerebral palsy, positioning difficulties, or any other neurological impairment. Difficulty with chewing and swallowing is called dysphagia, and I can also treat this diagnosis. Uh, I highly recommend looking up footage from modified barium swallow studies or or video fluoroscopic swallow studies if you want x-ray vision into the whole swallowing process. Hope that's interesting, Kristen. It is interesting, Kristen. Thank you. And you know what? Uh, As much as people, a lot of people reached out to us to let us know that they know, uh, there was also a lot of people that were like, how does it know? How does how it does it know? know? I need this. I need this question answered, and that's really what we're here for. Mm-hmm. We're really here to pose these uh, mysterious questions that only people with educations know the answer to, and uh, and we we really do lean on those educated people to to, mm-hmm. to fill us in. Well, there you go, folks. If you want to uh, let us know other things like how the throat knows or like how Mormons go to college, um, send us a letter <laughs> and. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much to the people who make this show happen. Lauren Sankey, Taylor McGilvery, Jeremy Saunders, and uh, this is probably my last week. Um, <laughs> Jeff Lonis, our manager, thank you so much. Rich O'Coin, uh, you are an amazing musician, and uh, we love going to your shows, so looking forward to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, to all our Patreon patrons, we love you so much. 
That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.